0: Hey, guys, and welcome to episode eighteen of Nanny Life Conversations with Luna Child. I'm your host, Lucy Bolton, and for those of you who are regular listeners, welcome back. Those of you that are checking out this podcast for the first time, a huge, huge welcome, and I'm glad to have you all here. Now, I know that I've been kind of absent over the past few weeks. My schedule is so, so different from one week to the next, so unless I have like a a set running of times where I know that I can podcast every single week it kind of just goes out the window sometimes. So I do apologize because I know that there are many of you that love listening to this every single week. And I'm back on track now. So we should we should have a podcast coming out every single week um, up until about June time when I'm off on my travels again. So I hope everybody's well. And this week I wanted to, it's kind of two different topics that we're going to talk about. One of them is related to the blog post which was out yesterday and the second topic is related to a blog that was out a few weeks ago but to start off with I wanted to give you my top tip of the week and this kind of it does relate if you're a nanny and you don't really travel much with the family but I discovered this as a tip um, which was very helpful for me as a travel nanny. So We all know how stressful it can be at times when you're traveling with a family, especially if you have young children. And I don't know about you guys, but my go-to is I always have to have coffee. Otherwise, I'm just not really with it, especially if you have an early morning flight. So I would find myself stressing and not able to get coffee and then just felt I wasn't on top of my game. And then one day, even though it was freezing outside and we were at the airport and I thought to myself, I don't want to buy coffee because if it gets spilled on the child it's you know it's a risk or they could get hurt it's just not very professional especially if you're juggling bags and strollers and all of this kind of stuff going on and holding the baby and trying to put the baby in the chair everything so I bought myself an iced coffee even though it's freezing outside it was better to have an iced coffee and actually be able to drink it and know that if it did spill it would just be cold and you'd maybe have to have a change of clothes it wouldn't actually be dangerous so that is now my go-to. Even even now, I'm still um, obsessed with iced coffee, even if it's freezing outside. Um, so yes, if you're a travel nanny and you've got small children with you or even big children and you need that caffeine fix, just go for the iced coffee. It's so much easier and they make it faster as well. So you don't have to kind of wait around in line and the parents are wondering what you're doing. Um, so that's my top tip of the week. If you guys have any top travel tips as a nanny, send them to lucy at lunachildcollective.com. I would love to hear them and we can share them on um, the upcoming podcasts over the next few weeks. So the first thing that I'd like to talk about is something that I had a flashback of last week and I spoke to a really good nanny friend of mine. She could relate so much and we were laughing about this like for a long, long time. Hence, why I just felt compelled to write the blog on it yesterday. And it's all about hashtag bathroom life. Now, I know that the title might be a little bit deceiving. You might think, oh, is it related to potty training or spending time, you know, whilst the child's on the toilet or whatever it may be? No, absolutely not. It's nothing to do with potty training or toilet training at all. It's all about how much time you spend in the bathroom when you're traveling with the family. So, this happened to me so much where I would kind of feel the only escape I had was when I went to the bathroom. Because when you travel you're you're constantly on duty, you don't get any time to yourself or very rarely. And that's the one place you can go and lock the door, even if you don't need to go to the bathroom, just for a few minutes, go in there, lock the door and kind of take some deep breaths, do a couple of minutes of meditation, whatever it is you need to do. So, we had a we had a joke about this because I remember there was numerous occasions where I would miss dinner or the children would eat. I wouldn't get time to eat and I would take them up to the room to go to bed. And obviously you can't leave the room because you have to be in there with the children. You can't leave them alone. So you've all had the setup where you have the the sofa bed is turned into a bed for one of the children. And either you have to share your queen bed with a child or there's a crib in there or a cot or whatever it may be you've got numerous children in the room and no privacy no space but that's just the way it is that's what you have to do and you get your meal sent to the room now depending on the room it's not that easy to sit and have dinner you know quietly or comfortably without worrying that you will wake up the children this happened to me all the time and it was more hassle for them to wake up and me to put them back to sleep than it was to just take food into the bathroom and sit in the bathroom and eat food or or by the bathroom door like as far away from the children sleeping as possible and it didn't happen a lot with like dinner but it happened quite often if I would get sent dessert to the room which was very very nice of them and it was you know a nice treat to be sent dessert but again you know I, I spoke to my friend and she said the amount of times that she has sat on the floor of a five-star hotel bathroom and consumed tiramisu is unbelievable. And we had such a laugh because we joked about, you know, receiving ice cream that was melted or desserts that were just stone cold. But you still eat them because it's kind of your only little escape for those few minutes. So you're sat there in the bathroom, on the floor, eating dessert (laughs) and at the time it doesn't seem that funny and you kind of can't wait to go home and get back to some kind of normality and in a routine but looking back on it now I do find it quite hilarious and the fact that she knew exactly what I was talking about and could relate and has done it herself made me think hmm we aren't the only ones how many other nannies have traveled and done something like this in the bathroom because You know, it's the only kind of escape that you have in that small room to go into the bathroom, lock yourself away, you know, for an hour or most of the times I was too tired to even do that. I would just kind of eat and go to bed. Um so it'd be really great to hear if you guys have had any similar experiences and not just the dessert aspect, but making the phone calls and you're trying to whisper and the people on the other end of the phone are like, it's echoey or I can't hear you very well. Can you talk up? And it's like, no, I can't talk up. I either talk to you like this or we don't speak at all because I don't have an alternative right now. Um, but yeah, fond memories. It's funny to look back on now But at the time, it does seem quite stressful. And that was kind of my way of of dealing with a lot of travel um, throughout the year with with a family that I was with. So if you guys have any any tips or any funny stories about hashtag bathroom life, please um, send them to the email, which I'll put in the show notes and we can read them out. It'd be great to share them and see other people's experiences and what you guys have um, been through as well. So moving on from this I wanted to talk about minimalist parenting and why children need minimalism in their lives more so than ever these days and I think a lot of people may say you know it's it's easy for you to say you're not a parent you're not this and that's completely true but I have spent a lot of time around children as we do as nannies and you know, we have to maintain the children's bedrooms, we have to make sure everything's in order, and depending on the kind of parents you're working for, some are quite lax about, you know, toys and being organized, some want every single Lego piece to be in its place, or, you know, very kind of um, anal about what, um, what the playroom looks like, or what their bedrooms look like. So this kind of i've I've seen a lot of different um parenting views over the years and it's really interesting to see the types of parents that do shower their children with gifts compared to the ones that really do believe less is more and i've become accustomed to the less is more aspect since becoming a minimalist myself having moved around so much and realizing i didn't actually need to own all of the things that I had. It wasn't serving me a purpose. I didn't need it. It wasn't adding value to my life anymore, so I could get rid of it. And one example I think which was a little bit extreme was when I worked as a nanny for a little girl in Dublin back in the early days of my career. And she she literally had nothing. I mean she had a very small box that consisted of a few books. She had a couple of DVDs and a few teddy bears and a a few other bits, and that was it. And I couldn't quite understand if it was just because the parents felt disconnected from her or they didn't actually know what she needed or they just felt that she didn't need them. So I never actually got to the bottom of it because I was very, very young and I felt it was my place to ask or to make suggestions. So I did go out and buy craft supplies that we could do, and they were very happy with that. And then I've had the extreme of families where they come home from work every single day and the, the child has something new, or the child is allowed to run wild on Amazon every single week and Amazon boxes are arriving at the house. And I would question them and say, you know, what have they done to, de- to deserve this this Amazon gift? And there was always an excuse, you know, like, oh, they used the rest of their birthday money or they finished their dinner last night or they didn't wake me up in the night. I'm sorry, but that it doesn't really relate to why that child should deserve another toy quite frankly and the toys that they were receiving were the ones that were all these little pieces that would get lost or broken or forgotten about within half a day and it's really sad you know they don't need so much stuff and the toy room would just become accumulated with endless crap basically that they didn't need that wasn't educating them and that they would forget about within an hour so the more that I've looked into this and the more more time I spent tidying playrooms, I mean, absolute confession going down here, if I couldn't find um, pieces that had a place or a home, I would bin them. They would go in the trash, end of, gone. Why, why would you need to keep a broken small figure, you know, or a, a plastic coin that didn't have a home or whatever it may be, I just realised they wouldn't miss it. They wouldn't know it was gone. It was better to have it cleared out of the house so it was gone. And it's the same with kind of artwork and pictures. If we, There was an app actually once, I don't know if it's still around, where you could take pictures of children's artwork to store it in a file compared to having like a box full of papers that they may never look at again. And I just found that it was very therapeutic to clear out the toy room and make sure that, you know, lost pieces were gone and jigsaw puzzles had all of their pieces or you know the lego went in the lego box so that you knew where everything was and you were organized and i do believe as well that sometimes when children have too much they become overwhelmed you know the amount of families that i've worked for where the children have had absolutely everything they could ever dream of including ipads i mean i don't even have an ipad you know there's these four-year-olds running around with ipads i would say to myself you know when they would run into the kitchen and scream, I'm bored, I'm bored, I hate all my toys, I hate this, I hate that, and I would say, it would make me so sad deep down that this was actually happening when I knew there were children that didn't have very much, that would be so grateful to have these kind of toys and electronics and scooters and bikes and things. And the parents would get stressed. They couldn't understand why the children were acting this way, and they would try to offer alternatives. Oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? instead of saying, no, you have XYZ amount of toys downstairs, go and play, I don't want to hear any more. And that's half the problem sometimes, they give them too much. And then they don't know what to do when the child becomes overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that they've accumulated or been given. And we're not just talking about their bedrooms having, you know, a bookshelf and a few toys, we're talking about bedrooms being full, and an entire... Level of the house turned into a playroom full of all of the things, and the children still being bored. Now, one thing that I would go in with when this would happen is there's a massive problem of children being able to use their initiative these days and be creative and kind of play by themselves and use their imagination. I mean, what happened to imagination? Did it disappear? Do we still have this? I know I still have an imagination. And I didn't grow up with very many toys at all because it wasn't the kind of um, household that I was in. You know, we, we got toys on birthdays and Christmas and that was it. There wasn't any Amazon. There wasn't iPads or phones. So when parents get stressed about this, I say to them, okay, and they say, oh, all they want to do is be on the iPad or watch TV. I say, right, well, fair enough. We did have TV when we were younger, but did you have an iPad? No. How did you cope? You take the iPad out of the equation, the children have no choice but to figure something out. And it's giving them skills, it's teaching them lessons that they will have later in life. I mean, I, I dread to think what the young the younger generation will be like in say 20, 30 years' time. Because right now they're not being taught to use their initiative and imagination and create things for themselves and entertain themselves. It's really sad. And this is why now when I do buy things for, um, for the children that I used to care for, not all of them, obviously, because that would cost me a fortune each year, um, but the, the the ones which I keep in contact with the most, I prefer to get them something that's an experience. So I will say, right, I will write in the card, you know, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take you out to your favorite restaurant or to the movies or to the, to the trampoline park or whatever it may be. Give them a memory You know, to hold on to that and photos that you took them there. And it's something that they will enjoy and not something that they will push aside and forget about within 10 minutes. And I've seen this happen, which is so sad. I mean, other household staff members would buy the children gifts and they would get so excited for an hour. And then it was put in a cupboard, you know, and you think not only is that wasted money, it's more stuff that they have in the house. They're very rarely going to use it. They don't need it. It's not adding any value to their lives. What's the point? And the whole boredom aspect is becoming so real that I think it's very much a way of life to give children experiences over tons of gifts. I mean, books is one thing. I do think the books are great and That's something that should still be encouraged and encourage children to read when they can and help them to read, but plastic tacky toys that they're going to lose pieces from or could be dangerous or don't add any value, there really is no need. And again, I'm not saying don't buy them any gifts ever. That's too extreme. But be selective with what you do buy them. Think what will add value. What will they play with? What would they truly treasure? I know when I was growing up, I always wanted a doll's house and. I asked and asked for a good couple of years until one one Christmas I was bought this beautiful wooden handmade doll's house and I truly treasured that doll's house and that's what I would play with all of the time I would save up my pocket money to buy little bits of furniture from um events that we would go to and that's something that I will always remember I know for a fact that the children that I cared for um, in my previous job, they won't remember the plastic talking parrot that was bought for one of them for, for their birthday by somebody. You know they, they won't remember the nail polish sets that didn't even really work properly because the nail polish was so cheap and rubbish. It's just wasted money, and there's so much waste in the world at the minute. Not just you know there's the whole debate and talk about plastic and food waste. And you've got to think sometimes it's not just that kind of waste but it's waste in terms of time and energy and money waste can be any waste can be anything anything can be turned into waste and I think that people will become a lot more mindful and clear-headed if they didn't spend so much on things that just aren't necessary and I, I did speak to some of the parents about this, and they said, oh, well, they you know, they'll they might not like me if I don't get them this. And again, it comes back to trying to be best friends with your child. You can't be best friends with your four-year-old, end of. Buying them a cheap tacky toy is not going to put you any higher up in their good books. They want time, and they want your attention. So spend time doing a jigsaw puzzle with them that they already have, Spend time teaching them to read or reading them a chapter from their favorite book or doing some kind of craft with them, things that you already have in the house. We're very, very fortunate to have the wonderful website known as Pinterest. You can make something out of anything. You just go on Pinterest. It's incredible. I've used it for so many years now. It's just a real, real tool that's so good for parents and nannies and anybody working in the childcare industry or pretty much any industry. Um that you can use and turn, you know, um, kitchen roll tubes into amazing games or whatever it may be. Yes, obviously you have to have some kind of supplies, but that's easy enough. And I think craft supplies are a given, really, you know, paints and glue and that kind of thing. So I guess what I'm trying to say with regards to this topic is being more mindful about what you buy children and what you get rid of, you know, you should do the whole one in, one out method. So they get something new, they give something away to charity or if it's broken, it goes to the trash or the skip. You don't need to hold on to it. I get if it's a precious doll that's been handed down, you know, through generations or a teddy bear or whatever. Sentimental item's fine but something that's broken that they won't miss, just get rid of it. You don't need it. It doesn't add value and you will feel so much better knowing that your child appreciates the few things that they do have and is able to be creative and use their imagination when you don't have the time to give them. I mean, I think there's nothing more beautiful than seeing a child doing role play by themselves or attempting to read to themselves or playing with their dolls and, and being creative. It's so nice to see, you know, if you're busy cooking dinner or cleaning and seeing that they can entertain themselves for 20 minutes is a real valuable tool that can help in many aspects, um, especially for stressed-out parents that aren't lucky enough to have any household help, this is really, really crucial. And you're giving that child their independence and allowing them to discover things for themselves. So, if you've had any kind of experience like this, or you know, maybe you know somebody that's already doing the minimalist parenting, that would be great to hear your thoughts on it. And If it's something that you want to suggest to one of your families, maybe, please feel free to contact me. We can talk about it as I have already um, been there and done that. And it went very, very well, although I'm pretty sure that they're back to just buying lots of things from Amazon now. Um, But hey, you can't always control what people do. So yes, if you have any advice or um, experiences that you'd like to share, please drop me an email, lucy at lunarchildcollective.com. It would be great to hear your thoughts. And as always, if you've got any topic suggestions that you'd like to discuss or even if you'd like to be featured on the podcast one day, that would be amazing. And I would love to to chat to more of you. I know that quite a few of you already emailed me and it's so lovely to to be able to speak to you one to one as well. So thank you once again, guys, for tuning in to episode 18. And I will be back next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. It's very, very sunny here in England at the minute, which is amazing because we don't really get much sunshine. Um, So I look forward to checking in with you guys again next week.